This is Talking Dirty, Get Gardening's podcast for plant lovers. The video version is available on our Get Gardening YouTube channel, so you can head over there if you want to see our ugly mugs, and there are pictures of the plants there as well. There are full plant lists on our Twitter and Instagram at Get Gardening Now, so go check those out. But without further ado, let's start talking dirty. This is a rouse of a beautiful Oh Well, it's Phimosia. Phimosia is a Mexican plant. The deepest, deepest uh, wine. That is a plant that we did lose in the garden last year. Ah. I had cuttings, so I haven't lost it entirely. But I saw that growing at Kiffsgate Court in Gloucestershire, and it was at the bottom of the ravine, which is a frost pocket. And I thought, Jesus, if they can grow it, we can grow it, you know. So I I left it, but it got frosted last year. Well, it's just lucky you have the the, the babies coming on. Yeah. Um, And you can grow them from seed as well. So just watch for seed. I I, I have a few coming on from seed uh, and cuttings easy. But it's like a beautiful lawn, but it's, it's so dark, so beautiful. Um, quite a quite a big shrub here now, and we're a thousand the feet. The wonderful ago. thing is, Jimmy, if you look deep into the heart of that flower, turn it to face you, and enjoy that center. Look at that, <laughs> beautiful, isn't it incredible? No smell, but yeah, it's 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 a gorgeous plant because the butylons generally don't survive with me, so I was surprised to see this surviving. Um, I've really got into agastaches. They're definitely more simple, and there is a part of me that loves that. That in the sand gardens, that they're much more simple, um, and I get a lot of enjoyment out of something like this. This is a beautiful agastache called Fleur, and it's it's a salmon. It's a it's a beautiful salmon color. I'd say that they, that um, they are becoming very very popular now. I notice them for sale in wholesale nursery catalogs and things like that. But I I don't like the way people pronounce it because I always really feel it should be agastache. <laughs> and and I think that is the right way to say it, isn't it? <laughs> Somebody told me that yesterday. No, someone told me that yesterday that an really? American garden speaker says it that way and that that's supposedly the right way to say it. Okay. <laughs> well, there we are. We're ahead of the curve, Jimmy. There you go, Alice. Talking of, of names, didn't you discover that Fleur was actually named after someone you knew, like once you were growing it? Yeah, I've just, I asked this nurseryman from Holland the other day, oh, what's Fleur? And he's he said... Um, Fleur, you know Fleur. And I was like, oh God, I know Fleur. Fleur owned uh, Klein Plantage, a beautiful garden and nursery in Holland that just closed recently, but it's named after her. So it's, I don't know, it, it changes a plant for me. You know, every time I look at that, I think of that lovely person. Yeah. Um, but this is, I think the thing with a lot of these fancy agasta- fancy coloured agastaches, that they definitely don't like to be cluttered by other plants. They perfect in the sand garden where there's nothing, no leaves even at the base of them, and they can get eaten easily with slugs in spring. So I think, I think sand is a good way to grow these because these generally will die. The tallest of them all of these ones, and I think the best is one called Calibri. Do you grow that one? No, I don't. Oh, no. you have to get this. It's amazing and like perfect again for small gardens because it's this really straight up perennial, really straight up. Easy from cuttings, you just do. You have to do the young shoots on the agastaches yeah. because they're um, they go hollow. But it's a be- It's a gorgeous color. So That's an interesting you know, point you just made, Jimmy, without elucidating on it too much. But 
there are several plants that if you're going to take cuttings from them, you need to do them when the cuttings are really small because the stems go hollow. And once yeah. they get hollow, they rot. They don't root. They don't. And root. when you're taking a cutting, it's a race between rooting and rotting. So if you yeah. take it as close to the node as possible, just underneath the leaf node, as close to the um, bottom of the node as possible. I mean, Melianthus major is another one, isn't it? They go hollow and you can't root them. Yeah, yeah. I've never done Melianthus, actually. But yeah, the Agastashis, I suppose, like Salvias, get the cuttings done before before you go any further into the end of summer. Yeah. Um, and Lobelia had some purple. I know it's an old, an old, yeah. it's an old plant, but God, it's a good plant. Yeah. And it, like all the other Lobelias like this, they just get gobbled up and die. Um, but this survives. There's big clumps of it out there, and they're just. I love that rich, rich purpley color, whatever it is. Um, easy from profit, easy from division. Then in the spring, yeah. Um. Okay, who's next? And you've done a okay. lot of work. Just to mention your sand garden, you've done a lot of work, kind of thinning your sand garden. You talk about light getting to the bottom of a plant. I mean, that's yeah. basically never going to happen in my garden, if I'm honest. No, <laughs> it's hard. It's everything's it hard, jostling like, for room. Uh, yeah, it's a different, it's a different way of gardening for me. To be honest, it's a much calmer way of gardening as well, a much easier way. Uh, there's very little maintenance in the sand garden. Like, as long as you keep the sand clean, and we put actually a beach pebble on top of the sand because the sand looks a bit dirty. That's and nice. I'm glad you said that because I, I did see a sand garden earlier this year and I just didn't, I just didn't like that surface. I thought, well, well, can't they put some gravel over it or something? Definitely you the just gravel. Did. Did. Yeah. yeah. And it melts it or it blends in with the path. The path is a lovely... Very lovely cream gravel. So it's um yeah, um definitely the sand works better. We had them packed full of succulents last year, all the aeoniums, and uh, it was just it was just too much. Um, mm. so we have them interspersed with agaves and um, but you know it was your garden, Alan. That was the first time the first time I saw that sort of planting, and yeah. that's a long time ago. And I, I, God, I remember that. I remember that day so much. And even the last time I visited, I just loved that every angle I looked. Just no inspiration. Well, you really need to great. come back because it's getting better and better. Well, yeah. it, well, the desert wash this year has been has had more flower on more plants than we've ever had before, and I think possibly it was because of the winter, the summer of twenty twenty two, which was very very hot, um, and we had a Garvey Montana flowering here, which, as people from Kew tells me, is the first one to flower in this country, which I think is fantastic. Montana comes from the mountains in Mexico, and um, it's not that we haven't been growing it for that long. But our plant is 19 years old. They normally flower at about 20, but because the sad thing is they flower and die. They die. Yeah, they die. That's, yeah. that's I'm that's, not flowering yet, Jimmy. I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say to you, I'll be up with you in February. I think uh, I'm coming up to the snowdrop. Um, okay, snowdrop event. So yeah, I'll be up to see your snowdrops. Just pack your wallet out. I know. It's going to be an expensive day. Oh, look at that hydrangea. Now, it's not really showing the colours. It's the softest pink. Is this Aspira? It's Aspira Cookie. Ah. Cookie. And it is, I don't know how, there's an apricot peach in that flower. Again, hard to see that. So for people who are listening to the audio version, those sort of bracts are this beautiful, pale, blushing pink, but then all those little flowers. I mean, on it's the screen, they've got... A lace cap, a lace cap 
flower with the, the real flowers are in the middle of the lace cap and the bracts around the outside the bracteos petals around the outside are there to to design to actually attract insects but they they you know they don't want the insects on them they want to go into the middle of the flower to the the little tiny flowers in the middle the bracts look like little pair- butterflies yeah <laughs> it's a parent of is it hot chocolate is, is a hydrangea yes yeah yeah it's parent i think it's much better it's got huge leaves and you can see the big leaves. Yeah. It is is like I was driven mad yesterday with people walking into the bed to try and find the name. So I have to put a big label on it. Every time I looked out the kitchen window, somebody somebody appeared out of the hydrangea. Um so look at the size of the flowers as well. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. And a dinner plate. It, it, it is very interesting, Jimmy, that you said what you just said, because when you get an interesting plant like that, that really has a standout quality about it, you just can't stop the beggars from going in there and trumping over. They, they'll tread on everything to get to it. They don't see anything, but they're, they're quarry. And when's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and I know. And even if I put the label out there, they probably won't see the label. They'll walk in. Oh, they'll but, take um... the label. <laughs> Oh yeah, well that's that was a big thing this year actually. Labels going missing. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get a, a a Canadian tour to speak to this into the phone the other day because I couldn't I couldn't remember the name of it. Sher Harazad. Oh yeah, it is beautiful. I've gone mad on lilies. The lily beetle has gone. He, I brought him over to England last year. Big Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't have taken him somewhere else other than to my garden. <laughs> Uh, do you still have lily beetle? Yeah, we do still have lily beetle, although after last winter, it's not as bad. But, yeah. I mean, once it gets going, it, it was very slow to start this year, but once it gets going, it just keeps multiplying. We we haven't had it for two years, so I ended up buying loads of lilies, oh, well over 200 lilies there. Um, and uh, Miss Freya as well is just starting to flower. Miss Freya is fabulous. Oh, look at her. Yeah. Beautiful. And are just I, I you know I'm just in love with lilies. They just give you that explosion of madness this time of year, mixed through the dahlias. And uh, this one here is called Chocolate Event. Oh, yeah, kind of weird looking. <laughs> Looks like a dessert. Um, Disease. Disease. <laughs> funny, like peachy ends to the petals, and then like more burgundy in the middle. Lovely combo. Look at this. Oh. This is really tall. Red velvet. Red velvet's about seven foot high. Um, and I have it mixed with this lichlinii. Yeah. No, no, I didn't. Act, I didn't. I bought this, and then some of these must have been in with the with the order. Uh, but they actually look well together. So if you're looking for good tall lilies, red velvet and lichlinii. I think a little tip about tall lilies is when you buy tall lilies, which are sometimes known as tree lilies, do be aware that they won't reach their maximum height for at least two years it takes them a couple of years to really get there do you agree yeah definitely definitely because i have i have put in three lilies this year and i'm like god i thought you were going to be much taller red desire is a huge one that we have this year like it's 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 probably six foot but i think it's going to be enormous red desire huge red flowers um yeah i'm having fun with lilies now i suppose i had just completely given up like a lot of people with lilies um I'm still in the giving up period at the moment. Giving up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I did see a few lily beetles at yours, Alan. Yeah, you know I, you did. I disposed <laughs> of them. I, I think that it's unfortunate with lily beetles that non-gardeners 
um, well, I suppose they haven't got any lilies to be devoured, but they look at them and they think they're some sort of ladybird. I've certainly been to non-gardening friends. They're like, oh, look, I've got so many ladybirds. Yeah. Not so much. <laughs> They're not the ones you want. <laughs> um, just a, a little woodland plant that's flowering now and that's like this cluster of deep yellow flowers. Um, now, these are really beautiful. Um, Lysimachia paradiformis, var paradiformis. And it's it's low down. It has to have shade. It doesn't run. It forms these beautiful rosettes like a, like a Paris nearly. Mm. And it's like a Paris with a cluster of deep yellow flowers. And it flowers in August, September. Um, it's a beautiful woodland plant. There's, there's very little colour apart from lilies in the woodland gardens at the moment. Um, and Roscoe's. Uh, but these Lysimachies, there's a few different types of them. Um, do you know that one, Alan? I've got something very similar, Jimmy, which with me grows very, very short because I'm dry. And a friend of mine who has a, a wet garden, she has a natural stream running through it. I mean, it, it grows twice, three times as big as it does with me. Yeah, and she, I... she said, oh, look, you, mine's bigger than yours. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I hear that all the time. But <laughs> um, it's got lovely sort of glossy, thin leaves and like a pale midrib on those leaves. It's yeah. beautiful. It got, it got like last summer when we had really hot weather, it did get, it, it hated that really hot weather. So it probably, it probably really enjoyed the month of July here. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Um, and then two more. There's two more on the left, two more. Yeah. You're oh. very special that I, I picked a Roscoe. No, you shouldn't, you heathen. You, you must <laughs> we're very honored. <laughs> I'll bring it to my mum today. Um, oh. I remember going to the Wisley Plant Fair a few years ago and I, I, some way I managed to get in early through a side gate or something. Anyway, I got in early and I, I found this nursery that had grown a lot of Roscoe's from seed and I just greedily chose the best, the best, uh, the best ones out of a big batch of them. And this was one of them and it was, and it's bulked up really well, but just those deep flowers I just think Roscoe's are super. Spice Island now is, is very like this, but it's a big, really tall one. It doesn't flower till September. And they definitely, on the edge of shade, not too much shade, not too much sun. And the other thing is not too dry. Yeah. Not That's too dry. That's do it for me. Yeah. So if, if I, I, I notice when we have a wet summer or the middle of the summer is wet, the Roscoe's will do well. Now, that doesn't mean they need to sit in winter wet or anything. Uh, and we just finish on the last, this, this Eryngium that I'm always babbling on about. It's a, it's a, it's one of the best new perennials in the last five years. It's Eryngium guatemalensis and got really spiky foliage and these spectacular stems that go up to about five foot, four, four or five foot with the black centers and silver. And it was collected in Guatemala, I think, by uh, Bledon and Sue and Cook Farm. And uh, it's it's amazing how well it's done here. And last winter, no problem at all. Uh, I have it in the sand garden. It look really well in your your the the sandy area. It's yeah. It's, yeah. it's fabulous. Easy to grow from seed. The seed is sown in the autumn. Um, 
but it's it's a plant that I just I'd love to see it in the trade. And I you know I have a Ringian Big Blue out there. It's fantastic, but it's floppy. It it just it just yeah, comes I up know, and then, yeah. but yeah. this stays upright and uh, it's just covered in these black silvery flowers, which are just gorgeous. That's the thing. You've got the black center, like quite a little dome yeah. in the center of that, and yeah. then such silvery stars. Those bracts that come yeah. out from the center. Yeah. So I it's just. I was just thinking, isn't it amazing that, I mean, here we are talking to Jimmy Blake, a former wonderful gardener, um, plantsman, your knowledge is huge and all the rest of it. We know that. And we, we're going through all these fantastically flamboyant plants. And then we come to the crescendo. And my favourite is this, he says. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and, I know. You know. It comes back to that. It comes back to that, that sort of species plant, doesn't it? It does. And the fact it's coming from Guatemala. Yeah. Um, I desperately would love to see Guatemala going to the mountains. You know, the most exciting... You will, Jimmy, you will. <laughs> I will, I will eventually. I went to Romania a few weeks ago and I had the most magic two days of the last few years, I'd say. Better than any crazy festival I've been at. Or, um, but I, I basically found this guy on on um, uh, Airbnb. Uh, <laughs> nothing else. Airbnb and... Um, <laughs> He did tours of castles, so I said to him, "Would you do? Would you just bring me up the mountains? Just keep stopping and let me out." So we did twelve hours the first day, and I got to see all the woodland plants. We were dodging bears a lot of the time, but uh, well, I can't describe the magic of seeing carpets of astrantia in woodland in shade, big geums sitting in really wet soil. Uh, it was like a master. I learned so much within like those few hours. And then the next day we went further up and got a ski lift up onto the top of the mountain and saw these carpets of primulas and rhododendrons. It was, yeah. it, it was, I, I just felt this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to make sure I get to see these places. You know, they're not far away. They're, you know, it's not a big expedition to the Himalayas. Um, and for me, that was just magic. And there were simple plants, simple plants that I, I grow. And suddenly I learned how to grow them even better. You do know, Jimmy, I can't help thinking that, um, well, you're not that old, but um, I'm thinking to myself, you say, he says it's not that far away, but this thing is going to grow. So it will, they will become that far away because you will want to go to China and you will want to go to Himalayas. I, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's just that magic seeing plants in their natural habitat, I think. Um, well, when you uh, when you look through catalogues and things, I mean, you know, uh, the, the Wynne Joneses, for instance, and people like Plan Go Global, Nick Mesa, um, and, you know, you see these exotic names, found uh, something Pradesh or something, you know, yeah. uh, and these wonderful names. You do really feel that pull that you want to go, don't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's yeah, it's getting the time to go, but I suppose you just have to make the time, don't you? That's yeah, that's yeah. the thing. We can spend our life saying we don't have the time to do things, and um, you know, <laughs> I don't want happen. to regret. Actually, that is a very nice way to end because I mean, that is a little piece of philosophy there. But I mean, you know, it is so true. We spend mm. our life saying we don't have to, we lifetime saying we don't have time. We mm. must have time. Mm. Well, also, it leads us very nicely on to the idea of, of FLOMO, because I imagine, although <laughs> a lot of those plants, segue, segue, a lot of those plants you saw you already grow, 
Uh, I think Flomo, which if you've never seen one of these podcasts before, uh, a fear of missing out, you get about a flower or a plant, doesn't necessarily have to be something you don't have. It can be maybe a way of planting. Um, so we'll we'll come on to maybe a, a Flomo, which may or may not be linked to a trip to Romania. Uh, my Flomo, I'm delighted you haven't brought one along, actually, because then it's another plant on the plant list for the podcast, is um, Nifofia uh, rufa, I think it is. Oh, I have it, yeah. Which I... Um, it's funny, before this, I thought every time we do a podcast with you, the the kind of photo folder I put together looking through your Instagram is just 50% FLOMO. Things we haven't mentioned, but which I see as I'm kind of trawling through the pictures and the videos. And uh, and so Nifofia rufa, it's a species one, it's hardy, it's got sort of thin leaves, but these lovely kind of quite airy, delicate red hot pokers of yellowy green at the bottom and more orangey red at the top I think and such a characterful plant yeah it's a beautiful plant I eventually got it grown properly this year because I got a big pot bound plant instead of buying plants with just a single stem so I think that's the way to go with it or to disappear easy enough yeah it's great yeah, so I'd like to add that to my uh, garden eventually. There's, it's not exactly a triumph my garden at the minute, but we'll gloss over that. Um, Jimmy's right about that. You need a big plant because I bought, I think I bought five and I planted them far too close together deliberately, and they have made one big single clump, which is fantastic. Yeah. That's the way to that is the way to grow it. Yeah, yeah. I'll bear that in mind. Must buy five. Um, <laughs> I'll tell that to the other half as I'm parting with the money. Must buy five. Uh, Jimmy, do you have any Flomo to share? Oh, my. I think I really want somebody to bring me to Mexico to see salvies in the wild. Mm. Yeah, it's not, it's not a lot to ask. Um, I'd like it to be organised. I'd like it to feel safe doing it. I'd like... <laughs> I tried to go to Mexico to see them on my own a few years ago and I pulled out of it because a lot of people said, I don't think where you're going is going to be safe. And I, I just loved, I, I love traveling on my own. I love to disappear into the wilds. Uh, but the more I do this Salvia videos this summer, the more I just really, really would love to see some of these. Like, there's a lot of the, those Salvias are species Salvias, and I just love to see them in the wild. You see dahlias there too. And see dahlias as well. So maybe we should go on tour and like, podcast on tour (laughs) can you imagine (laughs) talking dirty live from mexico that'd be a dream i remember i remember everybody (laughs) (laughs) i remember someone talking at us i went to the salvia summit in america years ago and um, i remember that somebody talking about an expedition in i think it was somewhere down there near mexico anyway and they were talking about salvias growing in a field but there was also a bull in the field so they had to like try and get to the salvias without the bull chasing them. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of see. Most of us yeah. only have mild peril in our lives. We need more, more peril to keep us feeling alive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Alan, where are you feeling with your flow? Well, I'm gonna plump for something that Jimmy showed today, and it's the very last item that he showed, which is a ringium guatemalensis. Guatemala lensis, however you say it, with that black and silver. I just love the idea of it. But I want lots of it, so I'm going to go and look for lots of it right now. 
<laughs> he's going to be on his computer. <laughs> well, this this has been everything we hoped for. I think if you haven't watched previous Jimmy episodes, I mean, there's all kinds of wonderful treasures to be had in there, regardless of whether we caught up with you in the midst of bleak winter. You always have fabulous plants to share. And uh, and if you're not following him on Instagram, well, you must, because regular Salvia updates have been, you know, you can go back and watch all of those reels and just sunrise tours of hunting brook all kinds of of wonders and some fabulous clothes as well what was the story behind your tank top by the way oh it's a cheap yoke it's not there's no there's no it's it's not like made locally but from organic wool or anything it's just um yeah it's just a cheap thing <laughs> maybe <you laughs> like myself like myself <laughs> jimmy jimmy all i can say is a stylish fella there is cheap and there is very good value <laughs> inexpensive there's the and you are the last thank you very much <laughs> thank Thanks you uh, enjoy hunting brook enjoy your salvia and dahlia celebration day and uh we'll catch up with you okay in the thank you i really enjoyed that time. happy All gardening right. everybody Bye-bye. 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 hey Thordis here Just to say thank you so much for listening to Talking Dirty. You are now officially our favourite person. If you really liked it, please do subscribe because we'll be back for more plant-loving mayhem next week. And as you're our new favourite person, we don't want you to miss out. If you've got a question for Alan and the experts, you can email it to hello at getgardeningnow.co.uk. So happy gardening and we'll see you, oh favourite person, next time. (laughs) 